0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diary of an Ex English Major, the show that discusses literature and media like in your favorite English seminar course. I'm your host, Deja, a blogger at cityofdeja.com, and in today's episode, I interviewed bookstagrammer and book blogger Lydia from PSI Still Read You. We discussed her creative writing process, lost princess stories, and being a publishing hopeful. Happy listening. Lydia, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast, Diary of an Ex-English Major.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I'm going to ask you a series of questions to learn more about your background studying English and about your reading life, and we'll kind of just see where uh, this conversation takes us. So my first question for you is, what was the name of your major or concentration?
1: I have a bachelor's in English with a minor in creative writing.
0: Okay, cool. So you kind of got a little bit of the best of both worlds with English and creative writing. Can you tell me about um, why you decided to choose English as your major?
1: So I've always liked to make up stories ever since I was a little girl. Um, I have this book that I made in kindergarten called Polly's Big Life. It doesn't even have that many words in it. It's just squiggly lines, pictures, and the few words I knew how to spell okay like three letter words yeah and so I didn't really know I was a good writer until the sixth grade though and that's around the time that I decided to want to be an author but by the time I graduated and started to enroll in community college the day that I enrolled the advisor told me that the major that I was going to go in journalism was actually about a lot of speaking and being on TV and I was thinking oh I don't want to do that I want to write so I eventually switched over to English because I just went to community college for my general education and I went to a university for my bachelor's degree because the community college didn't have English department.
0: Oh okay interesting so we kind of have something similar in that we were both like kind of interested in journalism because that is like what I was actually really gung ho on doing journalism for quite a while before I switched to English, so that's really interesting. But for you, it was like the the can like being in front of the camera and like speaking. You were like, I don't want to do that at all.
1: Yeah, because my senior year I had to do a speech class, and mm. I hated it so
0: much. Okay, and I
1: was also valedictorian, so I had to do a speech at my graduation.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: very nerve wracking. So I yeah. didn't want to do that again.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like for me, I think I, even though I didn't study journalism, I eventually realized I liked public speaking, which is kind of interesting, but I, I didn't think I was going to be able to get as much writing in the way I wanted to out of journalism. Like, did you feel that way? Or like, what was the writing portion for journalism? Was that attract, Were you attracted to being, I guess, like a journalist writer?
1: No, I just thought that was my only option okay. to pursue a writing career.
0: Mm. All right. So you also mentioned about how you um knew you wanted to be like an author, like when you, I guess started in, in the sixth grade. But yeah. like, were you like a lifelong reader? Or like, have you always been someone that loved to read? Or when did that start for you?
1: I didn't really read that much as a child. I had like a lot of books that I looked at, but it was mostly looking at the pictures. Yeah. And my mom did read to me a lot when I was little, but I didn't really get into reading until sixth grade and I decided I want to be an author authors have to read a lot to get better at their craft so this kind of all happened at the same time
0: okay what was like that or what was what were you reading at the time in the sixth grade you remember
1: a lot of American girl books
0: oh okay I never read any of those so
1: I had to read um Josefina for school in the fourth grade because we had to do a book report and I got to pick my book my older sister still had her copy so she let me read that Mm -hmm. so I kind of gotten into that series around fourth to sixth grade but then Mm -hmm. sixth grade is when I started reading the click series and that really jump-started my love for reading
0: okay yeah I think like as someone who like follows you I've seen that series in relation to you because I never read it but like I've seen like some of your content about the click which is interesting I have seen the movie though So thoughts on that? (laughs) It's
1: not as good as the books. It's just too sentimental compared to the books. Because Matthew is mean.
0: Ooh, wow.
1: Like really rude.
0: Yeah. She's out here to destroy lives. Yeah. Well, I guess they had to like maybe tone it down for the movie. Because I thought the movie like was I forget when I watched it. I wasn't like prime age. Like I didn't watch it when I was like a 12 year old. I was probably like, I don't know, in my mid teens or something, but I thought it was cute.
1: (laughs) I like the clothes.
0: (laughs) that's a good compliment that's a good compliment so um but I'm really interested in I guess the creative writing portion because you said that you knew you wanted to be an author so did you know like the type of books and everything that you wanted to write or how did that develop for you when you knew okay I knew I want I know I want to write a book or books
1: um in the sixth grade I kind of figured out that I was a good writer when we had to do this assignment for my English class. I wrote a historical fiction and we were going through the process of like, this is the planning stage, drafting, um, revising, then publishing. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote that, I was thinking, oh, I really enjoyed this. This is what I wanna do. Okay. But over the years I had like a lot of ideas. I've been veering towards contemporary when I was, I was veering towards that when I was younger. But now the stuff that I write is not the kind of books that I read.
0: Oh, okay. What does that mean?
1: Um, I usually don't like reading sci-fi because I have very particular taste. Uh But the first book that I wrote is a space opera sci-fi.
0: Oh, okay. So I wonder, like, do you feel like maybe you can't, because you have such a particular, like, taste with sci-fi, that you can't consume it as much because you rather just like write it exactly how you want it to be. Is that like I the logic the behind it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I like the Lunar Chronicles and the Zodiac series by Romina Russell. That's pretty much the only sci-fi I've enjoyed.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, I don't really honestly read a lot of sci-fi either. If I, ha- like, I think the Lunar Chronicles might be the only sci-fi series that I've actually read but and I didn't even read that because I was like oh it's sci-fi I read it because it was like fairy tale retellings and I it made me like kind of fall in love with Marissa Meyer's uh writing style and I I still run I still need to read some of her other things like renegades and all that stuff but I just never got to it um but
1: I feel like I feel like the appeal of the genre is the world building for me
0: mm. and that's what
1: made me want to write that that in like the character journeys. I hate writing the fight scenes mm. because it's just I can't picture it in my head. I have to see it in person.
0: Oh wow. So like what's your writing process like, I guess for other stuff that you that you enjoy writing? So if it's not fight scenes, what's the thing that you enjoy writing the most like dialogue or
1: I do enjoy writing the dialogue. I have these pages on my notion because that's where I plan out all my writing stuff. Mm -hmm. there's like these sub pages where it's just the portable writing is what I call it Mm. so I just have a toggle and description of what type of scene is going to be probably where it's going to be in the book and then just do like a kind of a script style like either the character's name or just their initial like Mm. they say this another person says this over and over again and I realized I like writing the conversation scenes the most.
0: Mm. Wow
1: it's what's just, like, like the, the appeal
0: okay the drama, the drama. <laughs> I mean the drama is what I like to read as a reader so yeah. I mean you know I'm I'm sure it's just as fun to craft it yourself and like have all like the witty remarks or whatever it is um, and I feel
1: like that's where the characters really get at the root of their issue because once they're yelling at each other and then they say something really poignant it's like oh that's the issue that you're having right now mm. let's talk about that and fix that
0: yeah yeah that's really cool. I think, like, for me, I don't know. Like, it depends on, like, the 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 genre, I guess, that I'm reading. Because for a while, when I was reading almost almost exclusively romance, then, like, dialogue was a big thing for me. Because if the dialogue was bad, then I'm like, I can't get through this book. I can't, you know? But I've also read some books where, like, the fight scenes, I wasn't that impressed by. But I can, like, look past that so I think like to have a really good a book that I would want to read and like dedicate my time to the dialogue has to be on point so I like that you know that's something that you focus on a lot
1: (laughs) but I do feel like sometimes the characters get caught up in their speeches I feel like Mm -hmm. I have to
0: tone that down a lot Mm, in your own writing yeah okay yes no I mean that's I think that's a good thing that you even mention that or realize it because I don't like, I like dialogue, but I, the caveat is that like when someone is just like on a soapbox and I'm like, okay, you've been talking for a page and a half, <laughs> that's a bit it's not much. that long.
1: Because <laughs> yes, I've been formatting my books as scripts because I wrote my first draft for my current book, the book that I already just finished. I finished that draft for school and it was a screenwriting class. Okay. So I just kind of kept that format because I want it to be a graphic novel eventually okay wow and Plus, that's a lot easier for me to write and quicker I don't have to worry about the my ba- my brain is blanking on the word that's opposite of dialogue um,
0: the rest of the writing that's yes. not dialogue yeah. I'm not a creative writer so I don't know <laughs> I don't know the terms but how many uh completed projects like have you written just one okay and I'm working on the sequel right now Okay, and is it planned? Is it a duology or is it a trilogy? It's a
1: duology, and I'm also planning a prequel miniseries and wow. a anthology book.
0: Wow, that's like fascinating to me because I'm I'm not a really a creative writer. Like I'm not someone who actually has dreams of writing my own fiction book. Like if I were ever to write a book, it would probably be like a collection of essays or something. So I I'm so fascinated by all the content that you have um already planned out so for you what comes first like for a a story's idea
1: for this one I just got the idea at random when I was journaling about my favorite princess movies mm-hmm. and I realized that a lot of them were lost princess stories mm. so after I wrote about those movies I did a whole list of the basics of a lost princess story wow okay cool I, wrote, I, I posted about it on my blog i could pull up
0: the list okay. a second. yeah do it so what are some of those favorite lost um princess movies the
1: 1997 anastasia
0: tangled and barbie as rapunzel Ooh, okay love tangled i haven't seen the others or maybe i have seen anastasia i don't know
1: I really love that one. That has like a, was the main inspiration for the book. I have okay. to watch it then. Here is the list. Okay, these are all questions that you have to ask when you're creating the lost princess story. How or why did she get separated from her family? Who will she reunite with? Did she, uh, some family members die? What slash who keeps her away from her home? Will she have memory loss or be too young to remember her family? Mm. What will be her tether to her family? When I wrote that, I was thinking about how Anastasia has her together in Paris necklace. Barbie as Rapunzel has the hairbrush that eventually turns into a paintbrush that helps her get out of the tower. I think Rapunzel from Tangle just has like the repressed memory of the sons from the corona flag. Mm. because like at the end of the movie she realizes she's been painting around that shape in her murals oh okay yeah and another question is how will her prince be involved in her journey how will the villain try to foil this journey and how will the princess and her prince defeat them will she reunite with her family before or after the final showdown how will she find out she's the lost princess and where is her happy ever after with her family with her prince or with both
0: oh okay wow I think that's such an interesting list because it it does like tackle almost everything and with like I guess these kind of guiding questions do you outline your story in its entirety or does it kind of form as you are writing
1: I did with that book
0: I did okay. outline
1: I usually don't but I'm forcing myself to do that now because I'm trying to finish a second one during NaNoWriMo. Mm. It's just going to be a lot easier if I have the outline right in front of me. And just write everything in order.
0: And, and for those who don't know nano NaNoWriMo, can you tell us like what that is?
1: NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month.
0: So the goal is to write a whole
1: book in the month of November. Wow.
0: And have you ever like completed that? it's such a daunting daunting task like i i see like authors who i follow who like do it and i'm just like i feel like it takes a lot of planning but also maybe just a lot of luck too like you just are in such a a good headspace with writing um which kind of leads me to i guess the question about like writer's block like is that something that you deal with or how do you get around it if you do
1: I feel like I've only faced writer's block when I don't have a plan. Mm. My problem usually is having ideas come to me at like 3 a.m. Wow. And being up for hours on
0: end, typing stuff out on my phone. Oh, my God. You know who you sound like? Taylor Swift does that with like her music. <laughs> <laughs> like literally 3 a.m. is like a thing for her. So, I mean, hey, if you're, if you're like anything like Miss Swift here, then we definitely have like the next... We have the next um bestseller on our hands. Um, do you do you want your book to like be young adult or has that evolved or changed for you?
1: I my goal is probably trying to push it into like older young adult, like college age. Because mm-hmm. the main character is 19. Okay. My boyfriend's also twenty one. Mm. This is kind of a murky area and I'm trying to
0: not let it be explicit okay yeah which i feel like that kind of interesting like young adult but not like young teen
1: adult
0: mm-hmm. uh kind of ya is like really emerging now i feel like i've seen at least more often like some characters who are like 18 19 like the love interest is like in their 20s but it's still like ya so i think there's there's definitely a place for it
1: and there's also a lot of dark content in it and also, mm. with it being a graphic novel, there comes the caveat of, like, what do I show? Oh, like okay. Like, what is visually represent- represented in the story?
0: Um, for, like, a graphic novel, would it be your art as the illustrations? No. Oh.
1: I like to draw, but I'm not good at digital drawing. Okay. And I don't feel like I've trained enough for it to be professionally published.
0: Okay. I see. I've had my
1: eye on a online artist. If she would do that, I would prefer her to do the art.
0: But honestly at this point, it would probably be up to the publisher. Yeah. Okay. Um that's so interesting that you say that about how the publisher I guess has that power when it comes to getting books in shape for publication. So you do, or I guess I'll ask you, do you want to go that traditional uh, publishing route, like 100% or have you ever thought about self-publishing? I want
1: to be traditionally published.
0: Okay. Just and, like, like for the promotional like, stuff. Okay. Yeah. So like they market it and they kind of do everything. All you have to do is write the book yeah. <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. Um. That's really cool. I think that like, I, as I learned more about like publishing and I guess it's breadth and like all that it really does, it would be like, it's hard work to be a self-published author because like you're your own everything. And I mean, some of that is also just luck because some self-published authors became published because, you know, like TikTok got a hold of their book, Instagram got a hold of their book, and then it kind of blew up. But I mean, I'm sure that doesn't happen for the vast majority, um, So you studied English and creative writing. Is there like a lesson or a skill that you learned in either your English classes or in your creative writing classes that is like stuck with you the most as a writer or as a reader?
1: I think my English classes taught me to be more critical of the stuff that I consume. Hmm. But it took a minute to get to that. Because my first couple semesters at the university was kind of surface-level reading. And we're reading a lot of short stories or like excerpts from books. So we didn't really get really in-depth with the analysis of what we were reading. Okay. But in spring 2021, so it was my third semester at the university, I took this class called Art of Critical Reading and Writing Two, And for my final essay, I wrote about this book that we read called Leave the World Behind. And I was discussing how social hierarchy won't matter in an apocalyptic setting. Wow. So that's when I felt like it really settled in, like, oh, this is how I can articulate my thoughts in an organized way and, like, make strong, critical
0: arguments. Okay. And in those classes, like, was the – or when you got to that point, was it, like, an assignment or – um? what am I trying to say? Was there an instance or like an essay or something that you had to write that triggered that? Or was it really like just the process of you learning like, oh, this is how I would be like analytical in um, my reading?
1: I think it was just the repeated process of writing all those papers during the semester and getting good constructive feedback that actually helped me. Like was that that writing?
0: Okay. And was that from your peers or from your professor? my professor. Okay. um, That's cool. I feel like I had a similar experience, but in like my creative writing class, because I had to take one as a requirement for my major, but it was a lot of like peer review instead of like, just like directly from the professor. And I didn't honestly feel like that helped me as like, it didn't help me grow as a Creative writer, and like I said before, like that wasn't something that was like my strong suit. I feel like I'm a better reader of creative things than I am of like being the actual like author of it. And in the creative writing class, like it was fine. I-, I I still have some of my assignments that I really enjoy. I mean, well, it's a little cringy now, but like in the in the moment, I was like, okay, like this is kind of good. So like I saved it and I was like happy about it. But I don't think that I was like shaped by my like peer review. Um, is that something that like you've experienced as like a creative writer or like when it came to getting feedback was it better to get it from the professor or like did you have a really good like peer review with your your classmates
1: I feel like the peer review was a hit or miss because a lot of times my classmates just want to get the work done and move on they weren't really invested in becoming better writers but I was so it was frustrating a lot of the times but I did get good feedback when I was doing my screenwriting class for the book that I wrote during the class is mostly like the emotional feedback that I was getting from my classmates that helped because they were talking about oh I don't like this character oh I would like to see this character like reclaim her throne as the princess stuff like that
0: yeah yeah I guess that felt too like um like a writer's room like you know like how they have that for tv shows and like you know all these opinions and stuff are going back and forth but that's kind of what makes like the final product even even uh better that's really interesting I never took a screenwriting class so I think that's kind of cool um so now I guess we can transition to talking about some of your reading life thanks for all the insight on the writing Uh, and creative writing I think that's really cool because what I wanted is for like our listeners to kind of hear from people who are in the thick of it so I wish you the best of luck on your journey and writing your new um like uh what do they call it work in progress (laughs) so um (laughs) do you have like a an ETA on ETA like do you know when you want to be done or is it just like you're saving it for NaNoWriMo I'm currently outlining it right now okay
1: and Funny. I'm going to save it for NaNoWriMo. I'm like taking the third quarter of the year to take a break from this project and work on something else.
0: Well, that's a lot of, a lot of dedication goes into that. So I think that's really awesome. And I hope that you complete NaNoWriMo this year, because how cool would that be? <laughs> um, so the next set of questions I have are really just about your reading life. So we're just like two bookish people talking about books. And I have to ask like the obligatory, what are you currently reading right now?
1: I recently started Harley in the Sky by Akemi Don Bowman.
0: Okay, I don't know if I know that one. Um, What's like the genre can you give us like a small pitch?
1: Um, It's contemporary YA. Okay. It's about this girl who wants to become a trapeze artist and her parents own a circus, but they don't want her to pursue that career. They want her to go to college first, so she runs away to join a different circus.
0: Okay, cool. I haven't read a contemporary Y in a minute, although it does like really fill up my shelves. But I, I think that I kind of have to be in the mood for it. Is that like something that makes up most of your reading? Yeah. Since like yeah, since you want to write it. Um. And do you rate and review the books that you read?
1: Most of them, but not
0: all of them. Oh, okay. And the ones that you do, is it on Goodreads or your blog or how do you go about reviewing them or is it just for you?
1: On Goodreads, my blog, and a little bit of story graph, but I mostly just do like the rating and content warnings because my account isn't public on there. So I don't bother with the reviews.
0: Okay, cool.
1: That's mostly for my statistics.
0: Yeah, and, sto- and that's something that Goodreads doesn't have, like that content warning um option, yeah. or at least not in the same way that StoryGraph has it. Um, thank you. <laughs> the next question is, where do you get your book recommendations? Mostly, mostly
1: Instagram now. now.
0: Okay, so mostly Instagram for you. Is it like, or I guess... The follow-up to that is how do you go about getting your book recommendations? Do you see like a, a photo of a book and look it up? Or is it like trusted people that you follow who have a similar taste to you? Or how do you go about, I guess, grasping the ones that you actually want to read versus the ones that maybe you don't from Instagram?
1: I follow a lot of publishers and authors on Instagram. So I mostly pay attention to what my favorite authors are coming out with soon. And there's sometimes when accounts with their posts, the books would catch my eye. Like there are some that would do, like a new release Tuesday. Like this is what came out today, and they have the description of the book on the slides. So if the book catches my eye, I just bookmark that, add it to
0: my Goodreads later. Okay, cool. Do you? Um, so you read a lot of new releases. I've gathered. Or do you Not read? really? Oh, you don't? Just, no, I just read
1: the ones from authors that I enjoyed before. Okay. Or if it's like a interesting concept, I'll try that one out. But I really don't read new releases as they're coming out that
0: much. Okay. Yeah. I I I used to. I used to like love like getting like every single new book that came out and then I don't know. I think sometimes you can get a little like inundated with the new trends and then all the books kind of start to blur together in your head because everything is you know I mean I understand like when books are coming out they have to kind of hit what the market wants so when you're reading a lot of the new things that are on the shelf then sometimes they don't feel less distinct so I've been like more of a backlist reader in the last I'd say like year or so
1: I think um, the issue for me is this access because I don't always want to pay full price for a new book. Mm. So I usually rely on my um, library to get the audiobook or sometimes the ebook if I feel like I can dedicate the time. Because I'm a slow reader and it's even slower when I'm reading ebooks.
0: I see. Uh, so your preferred um, method is audiobook? Yeah. Okay. And do you listen on one point speed, 1.5 speed? 1.5 or
1: 1.45.
0: Okay. It depends on the book. Yeah, yeah. It definitely depends on the narrator. When I listen to to audiobooks, the longest time I could not get past like 1.25, but now I can do like 1.5 typically, <laughs> especially if can, it's a narrator I like.
1: I can go to two times speed or three times if I'm just trying to get through it really quickly. Oh,
0: that sounds like I had, gibberish to me. <laughs>
1: I've had to do that for... book that i had to read for school Mm -hmm. and i've also had to do that for confess by calling hoover so when the sex scene came up i was so uncomfortable i just wanted to be overwhelmed (laughs) (laughs) that's why i can't read adult books it's too i can't do it
0: too much going on which i mean i will say i think that like the adult romance uh like area of like the reading world right now has has tried to cater to you know not making them so steamy uh there is the side that it's like full-on like steam because I, that's really trendy right now but there is you know i would say some that aren't but miss 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 hoover will leave her lydia was not a fan of confess
1: i think i, gave I it loved one and it when i half read stars. it i gave it one and a half stars, <laughs> it, a half stars. Oh it was terrible Who you didn't like the art <laughs> no i didn't like the men either they're all terrible <laughs> And Uh, I'm mad that the mother-in-law has my name. Oh, wait, her name was Lydia? Yes. Every Lydia in
0: a book is terrible and deserves to be punched in the face. I feel like Lydia in books is always like the mean girl name. Like that's like, I don't know. I I can't even like give you an example, but that's like the vibe for in books and in media. I used to have
1: a running list of characters named Lydia in books. They're either unimportant or
0: terrible. I don't know why I thought you were about to say unemployed. <laughs> unemployed um, sounds better. But yes.
1: I mean, some of them were children.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. Um, what am I currently reading? My my, I just finished a book, "One for My Enemy" by Olivier Blake, and it was really good. Um, but my current read is actually a reread, which I won't reveal because I'm going to be talking about it on the podcast next week. Um, so we've reached the end of our interview. I had so much fun learning more about your background with English and about what you're currently reading, and specifically about the kind of way that you approach writing. I think that it'll be very helpful for some of our listeners to who are also writers or aspiring writers to kind of see what your process is like. Um, I, I do have to say, like when it comes to publishing. Are you or do you know when you'll be in a place to start like optioning your book off to publishers or is it something that's just kind of in the future for you?
1: Probably in the next two years, if oh. everything goes to plan.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: But all depends on finding an illustrator first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hopefully it works out with uh, the person that you mentioned, or, you know, I feel like you should just kind of put on your own chops and start practicing with digital art. You never know. You never know. And then it'll be your name on it On it only. So think about it like that.
1: Well, I do want to learn how to do
0: digital art. So we'll see. Yeah. At some point. I mean, Hey, I think that'll be um, a really, I think that'll be the best way to go. Um, But thank you again for being on the podcast. And that is where I will leave you today. I had so much fun speaking with Lydia, so make sure you follow her on socials at You on Instagram and her blog psistillreadyou.wordpress.com and both will be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Diary of an Ex-English Major. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow the show on your chosen podcast platform, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and follow the podcast Instagram at of an Major. that's E-N-G, and I'll see you all soon.